Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Belle. Belle. Man, how you doing tonight? I'm still full from Thanksgiving. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny how that uh, how, how that happens. You eat an entire turkey, like just one one man eating one turkey, and uh, and you just roll in. That's that's how it rolls. Yeah. <laughs> an entire tray of dressing, too. Yeah, man. Well, uh, overall, great holidays. Uh, glad to hear it. I'm, I'm, I'm super glad to hear it. Uh, we, we got a little bit of housekeeping to get, get out of the way up front uh, at the beginning of this episode. Now, Bell... Uh, every single year, Flash TV Talk has a bit of a tradition. Yes. As it were. And that tradition has carried over from year to year, from season to season. And it, it was one that has been inspired from season one and has just rolled out since then. And of course, I'm talking about Grandma Esther's eggnog induced Christmas call in extravaganza. And I am very proud to say that the longest titled podcast series in the history of podcasting <laughs> is returning this year for part five of Grandma Esther's eggnog-induced Christmas call-in extravaganza. Uh, it will be uh, happening the week after the final episode of this first half of the season. And to be clear, every single season has a midway point. Uh, welcome to television. That's just the way things work. And uh, they typically come here around the holidays. So we will have the last episode of this first half. Then there will be a mid-season break break, but not for Flash TV Talk, because you will be able to join us live at facebook.com slash Flash TV Talk, where you too will be able to call into the show and share your thoughts and theories from this season. Uh, It's been such a fun one. There's a lot of different moving parts going on, a lot of different stories out there, and we can't wait to talk to all of you people uh, about what's going on in the Flash. Now, there is one rule for those of you who are of the age, we strongly encourage you to enjoy the uh, Christmas season the way that Grandma Esther did. And that is with a healthy portion of eggnog, Esther style. Oh, yeah. And there's also a fun little game we play where every now and again, there's a couple technical difficulties here and there with getting new new callers on the line. And so every time I get disconnected, you guys got to take a drink or a shot or whatever you prefer. Again, assuming you are of age. Yes, yes. We are not encouraging anybody who is under the age to participate in that. Although, you know, get your hot cocoa or something like that and you could still have a... have a, have a good time. We also, uh, my, my wife and kids always make some uh, some sugar cookies, you know, the little little kind with the with the you know cookie cutout, and they they paint them, not paint them, but you know they use the icing, and so we got some some fun uh, fun fun sweets as well. So get your get your holiday cookies, your favorite holiday beverage. Come join us. It's going to be a blast, um, and we hope to talk to uh, several of you via Skype. Uh, and we'll have more details as we get closer to that. But I did want to let you know that is coming. And if the schedule maintains, I think, I believe, Bell, the last episode of this first half is during the Elseworlds crossover, which is going to be December 9th. So it'll be the week following December 9th. Okay, excellent. All right. That sounds good. All right, good deal. So we got that out of the way. Grandma Esther's eggnog induced Christmas calling extravaganza. It's coming. More details every single week as we build up to it. Bell, we've got an episode to talk about tonight. We do. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's jump into The Rundown. The Rundown. Episode 7 of Season 5, Oh Come All Ye Thankful, directed by Sarah Boyd and story by... Jonathan Butler and Gabriel Garza. Well, they can't all be winners, Bell. What happened this episode? 
Well, the team attempt to discover Cicada's identity by visiting his niece in the hospital. Barry and Nora attempt to stop a lightning disaster, but Barry is struck and almost dies before Nora is able to restart his heart. Worried about the future, Nora tells Barry that one way to ensure he never disappears is to quit being the Flash now. The team encounters Joss Martin, the daughter of Mark Martin, who has a similar staff that she uses to control the weather. Barry and Nora try to confront her with Iris using a hologram to simulate Martin being there, but Joss tries to kill him for being neglectful. Eventually, Joss tries to attack an airport and creates a lightning tornado. Nora brings Barry Martin's wand, which Barry uses to absorb Joss's lightning and subdue her. Meanwhile, Caitlin, Sisko, and Sherlock chose not to join the West, fam- the West Allens for Thanksgiving before being convinced to do so by Killer Frost. Finally, Team Flash discovers Cicada's identity by viewing hospital security tapes of him visiting his niece. Da, da, da. Uh, <laughs> Someone must have been a fan of this episode. I, I can clearly tell that. All right. So here's the thing. Go, like, like, I, I, need to, I need to appropriately say, as someone who reviews this show on a weekly basis and, and, and tries to do so in, in the most positive of light. You know, I love the show. I love the series. I love the franchise. Uh, I love the creative licenses they've taken with a lot of the characters. And, and when the, the stories have veered off, I have expressed that along the way as well. And I don't like going on the internet and bashing something. That's not what's happening. Unless it's Ralph. That's a whole other thing. But, but <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely not what I want to do with this episode, man. Uh, but I do, I want to like understand, I was in a frame of mind Last night, watching this episode, uh, there's I'm a, sure you were. <laughs> a lot of stuff. We won't go into it, but there's a lot of stuff that was going on locally, and I wasn't exactly very happy about it. And so I'm like, okay, you know what? This season of The Flash, I was even telling my wife, I was like, this season of The Flash, they've been hitting it out of the park every single episode. It has been incredible. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to get lost in the family drama, in the in the the, the what does this mean for the timeline, and everything else that's going on. I'm, I'm super stoked. And then we got this episode, which it, it's we haven't had a filler episode this season. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just been so good that to get something that's just kind of there feels like it's bad. But maybe it isn't. I, I don't know, Bell. What did you think about this episode? I kind of agree. Like it didn't it didn't feel bad to me, but it just wasn't up to the level of the other uh, episodes. So it was definitely noticeable. Right. It's it's kind of like, you know, if you eat just delicious steak just you know for like five nights in a row and it's just delicious and then you know the sixth night you get a mcdonald's hamburger patty right like mcdonald's isn't like gross i mean it's, it's, it's pretty gross i mean but it, yeah but you but you know unless it, they like, want to sponsor know, us in which case we'll yeah, yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> delicious i mean then. yeah you know it's but it's you notice that there's a there's a, a huge drop in quality right you know it's it's not the filet mignon you, you you're used to it's it's ground beef. Okay, okay. But at the same time, if you just have filet mignon, you know, over and over and over again, you get sick of it. So perhaps breaking off from the the, the filet mignon for a night is actually a good thing and helps you appreciate the, the quality uh, of the filet mignon better. Uh, yeah. All right. So so here's the deal. <laughs> um, there, there are some gems in here. Uh, but, but that for me, it, it overall did feel, feel a little bit like filler, almost every single person's storyline. Uh, the only one that really has kind of long lasting implications is the Barry Nora, uh, uh, Iris storyline, but, but we'll talk about that later. Let's talk about really what is kind of, I guess the purpose of this episode, and that is presenting the backstory of Cicada and how he got to be Cicada and, uh, and kind of what his family situation is. So Bell, um, 
we we uh, we didn't really learn anything, but but I guess you could say we we arguably learned some things about Cicada. Uh, tell me, what did you like about Cicada's backstory? My favorite thing about Cicada's backstory is that it uh, showed what his voice sounds like before he had his wound, and so it's not just Chris Klein putting on this "I'm a bad guy" voice. It's like <laughs> it's it's a result of his wound, right? Like it's it's. Oh I, yeah. I, maybe okay. I didn't put that together before in my brain, but like hearing him talk like a normal person and not the I'm cicada voice. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you know, it, it it helped me kind of like rationalize the decision to have the you know cicada voice in yeah. the other scenes. So okay, so okay. I, yeah, <laughs> I know it's probably you know not the observation that most people came off with, but uh, uh yeah, you know he seems like a he, he was a dirtbag and then uh, he you know. Uh, his sister and I guess her husband died and now he's the ward of this child um, which I wasn't aware you could force a child on someone yeah well watch out if anything ever happens to your uh, your, your siblings um, I'm just kidding although wills are very <laughs> important wills are very important especially if you got kids make sure you have a will in place um, okay so yeah good good take uh in terms of the the vocal aspect you're right we get a backstory for him that is it's a trope right like he's a dirtbag and then this kid comes into his life and then he starts uh becoming a better person for the child and connecting with the child that he never wanted in the first place it's it, it's a trope and it, we've seen this before and yeah. and i get the sense that that the goal of this narrative is to perhaps pull on our heartstrings but for me, and maybe it's because I'm dead inside, or at least I was that night, it did not, it didn't do that. Like, I didn't care enough about Cicada, or even Grace at this point. She's, she's kind of just been there. You know, it's like, oh, tragic backstory. There's this kid in the picture. Okay, got it. And then we kind of see her again in that same capacity. And then we see her again in that same capacity. And then we see her in this episode in that same capacity. So we didn't really get anything new about Grace, um, or really Cicada for all that matter. We, we kind of knew he had a hatred for metahumans. Um, and I think you can kind of figure out that that's because of tragedy in his backstory. Um, I guess the biggest reveal is what a lot of people predicted or projected is that Cicada is being to some extent manipulated. Now, some people believe that perhaps it was the dagger, but based on this episode, it could be, I don't know that this is necessarily confirmed, but it does seem like the nurse, the, uh, the doctor that was caring for him rather uh, is kind of, kind of pushing him a little bit right like she was the one that was saying like it's the it's these metahumans we got to do something about these metahumans right yeah you know the the fact that she's covering for him and she's you know making all of these concessions for him specifically i think they're going to expand that and it's going to be it's going to come out a little bit more but it seems like the the trigger or whatnot you know that made him pull the dagger through the wall was her saying that oh it's these metahumans fault and so yeah it seems like that's the angle they're going to go is that she says that and he's like well now i i have this thing and i have the ability to take care of them and, and by take care of obviously i mean kill them right and so yeah and, and so it seems that they're, they're they're going to form a partnership here sometime soon um yeah like like perhaps like you know they both have this hatred like you know it <laughs> i mean we don't know what her backstory is but one assumes that it is, is similar enough that she also has this kind of hatred for metahumans i, I don't get the sense that she do you want to guess we'll go for it i, I have a guess oh, she's a my guess is, no i'm just kidding well, we've already seen no, no, no. <laughs> She's a hospital like administrator or nurse or something like that, and so she sees people come in all the time injured by metahumans or you know their 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 mutated oh, their yeah. metahuman aspects like you know causing problems and things like that for them and other people, and so she is fed up with it. Like she's tired of, of people getting hurt by 
metahumans, e- even if it's a, not the metahumans' fault per se that their ability hurts someone, you know? Yeah. Okay. No, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like that's the angle they're going to go. Okay. Yeah, that's good. We don't need an entire half episode, by the way, uh, uh, The Flash, uh, letting us know that. But, but that's, that's true because you can you can evoke that that's good i think i think you're right you can pull that out of uh what's going on and you know some people think that she is like a a puppet master in this scenario bell you said that you think that she's more this is more of a partnership that's coming and i i, I could see it going either way i definitely walked out of the episode feeling it was more of the partnership more the so than the puppet master but a lot of people i've seen online and on twitter are saying like oh you know she's really the one that's behind everything and I, I I don't know that I I don't know that I buy that I could be it could be the case but based on the information we have thus far I, I do think it's more of a partnership. Yeah, it feels more organic that way. Uh, you know, it, 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 it maybe we'll see. Maybe it'll be one of those things where like she she sees his the power or the potential within him to to do her bidding. But I feel like it's more of a thing where you know she's gonna. He's going to say, I can do something about it. And she's going to say, okay, well, I'll help you cover your tracks. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that's going to be the extent of it. Uh, Bell, in this storyline, we, we got no confirmation as to um, a, a transference of power. You know, that was one thing that we uh, speculated on last week, that perhaps his end game was, was to kind of build up this energy with the hopes of healing the child. And I, I don't know. I, I kind of walked away from this episode thinking like, no, that's, that's not it. He just wants to, he's just a serial killer. Yeah, he just wants to kill him. Like, there's that. That's what I was hoping was going to be revealed. But we, I started seeing backstory for Cicada, so I'm like, cool. Maybe we'll also get some, you know, what his motivations are and and why he's trying to, you know, kill these people. But yeah, we didn't even see any of that. So it, it's still up in the air as to why, what his motivation is outside of just killing metahumans because he thinks that they're causing problems. Yeah, I don't understand. I really don't understand. I don't understand this episode. Like his storyline, this episode in particular, because if he's just a serial killer, then why do we care? You know what I mean? Like tragic backstory. All right. Well, you've been murdering people since then. So wah. like, you know what I mean? Like that's uh, and again, maybe it's because I'm dead inside or at least I was last night. But but I cannot I cannot get why we should actually care about him because even like caring for Grace, like we don't really know Grace. We didn't even learn much about her in this episode. And yeah, we, we want to see her, you know, live or, or get, you know, maybe she's able to, to pull her, her uncle back from the brink or something of that nature. But regardless, we don't see a path to her recovery. She's just kind of there. Yeah, I, I think the better the better angle rather than they have that one scene where uh, uh, Cicada went to her school because Grace was saying bad words and stuff. And. I don't know. I, I think a better aspect would have been to make her more innocent and have her completely like redeem him. Like maybe, uh, maybe he is like uh, I don't know. Maybe he drinks too much or something like that, and and she's like just this pure innocent sort of being or whatever that like you know uh, saves him when he goes into like an alcoholic stupor or something, and then that that is what helps him to you know decide to become a better person through through her. But like. I don't know. I mean, to some extent, that's what we got. But even then, I don't know. I'll go back to just who cares. Like in in this backstory, you know, maybe this maybe something will be revealed that we we totally missed out of this backstory. But um, yeah, I, I just anyway. So yeah, so Cicada uh, killing people because he hates them perfectly fine. That that is a fine motivation for a villain. Not, I mean, that, obviously that's not. 
I don't mean to say that that's a perfectly fine thing to do. <laughs> I'm saying that that's a perfectly fine motivation for a supervillain. Um, but that's a lot of time dedicated to telling us that. Uh, all right. Yeah. So there's that. Um, we also, uh, let's talk about the, uh, the, the, uh, B team, Caitlin and, uh, Cisco and, uh, Sherlock, uh, all getting together and losing the Thanksgiving spirit. Uh, Cisco gets woke for like the first time ever because somebody from an alternate universe has to show up to explain to him why Thanksgiving is a problematic holiday. <laughs> Don't know why Cisco's just tapping in on that, but okay. Uh, yeah, I they, they go in and, uh, uh, they, they all hate, uh, the holidays. So they all decide to get drunk until killer frost shows up and says, Hey, I want to go eat food. So we're, let's go eat food. Um, and so that's, that's that story. Did I miss anything? Um, well, so maybe it just seemed like they went from last week where Caitlin has to use the device to talk to killer frost. And now all of a sudden she can just summon her whenever it's like a huge, a huge, I don't, I don't think she's there. I don't think she summoned killer frost. I think killer frost summoned herself. Oh, okay. Cause at that point, uh, Caitlin was like, yeah, you know, F Thanksgiving, you pass on the booze. Right, right. But but uh, they also mentioned that she doesn't need the little device to talk to the Brainiac device, as you were, uh, to talk to Killer Frost anymore. Yeah. So that, that's still a big leap. Yeah, it, yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So interesting. Maybe maybe some of this was supposed to be shifted around. I, I, I don't know. But that's that but story. Yeah, and, and Caitlin also said uh, when they were going to go fight uh, uh, Joss that uh, she can bring Killer Frost out. Boy, she said it this episode. Yeah. Yep. So she that you're right that they rushed that pretty pretty quick. But again, yeah, it that, to, that's not that I bad. Know. I mean, that's not that big a deal. Like when it all comes down to it, whatever. I guess not. I mean, you know, because I, I do we want to waste another episode of Caitlin like struggling to pull Killer Frost out? Probably not. So I, yeah, it's 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 fine. It just seems like we we've gone. This is the seventh episode, and there's you know been all this stuff about Caitlin, and we finally get to know. Oh, cool. And then it's just like she was always a part of you. You just got to get through the mental barrier and then bam, she's done with the mental barrier and it's like nothing. Yeah. Well, there you go. She, she, she made it happen. Cap. Uh, all right. So that was that, uh, that was that story. Then, um, we, you, as you mentioned, we have a return of Martin, uh, in prison where, uh, hair gel is a thing in prison and, uh, he's got a daughter. So cool. Uh, weather, Witch, very, I, first of all, love her costume, love her costume, love, love the wand staff. Yeah, the wand staff was really cool. I like that. Like, had the little weather vane on the top. Yes, I, I you know I was actually I was <laughs> I was a little disappointed it ended up being Meditech explained by will a magic rock hit, hit it um, because the weather uh, wand in the comics is actually developed and created its technology. I thought it would have been cool if she actually had more of an origin story like her father's, so that she actually crafted and built it. Uh, without need of the Meditech, but regardless, Meditech is kind of the thing this this season. So that I, I suppose is fine. Yeah. So yeah. So she shows up. She's got the uh, the the staff. She's got a cool name. Uh, she has got a um, cool costume. She wants to kill her dad, like you do. Uh, <laughs> and they they kind of team up. It's it's a bring your daughter to work day at um and the heroes and villains of Central City. It seems as such. And so that happens. Uh, and. In this whole ordeal, Barry gets struck by lightning. <sighs> okay. I'm trying here, man. I'm trying here. Barry gets struck by lightning and is hurt. Why is Barry hurt by lightning? Barry shouldn't be hurt by lightning. 
and I know there's a lot of stuff that you're like, oh, well, why didn't he just run and grab the thing out of her hand? Or, oh, why didn't, you know, why do you have to run to make him cross the streams? He could have just taken the stuff out of his hand. He's super fast. Why doesn't he do X, Y, and Z? Like, I get it. We make leaps in watching this series a lot, and I'm fine with that. But for whatever reason, the guy that gets superpowers by being struck by lightning, who is constantly fueled up and charged by lightning, who can literally toss lightning, gets hit by lightning, and somehow that almost kills him? It's speed force lightning versus regular lightning. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. But like that's that's the distinction, right? Like I, I don't I don't know. Like it's, I, I'm, I'm assuming there's some sort of difference there. I think if anything, like it should be a way to maybe hurt him. I don't know. Yeah, it, that that part was just kind of weird. That that I did. I had a hard time with that one. And I mean, like you're right. I get that. When when in doubt, you know, hashtag because speed force. But still. But still, like that, that one really irked me off a little bit. But we've we, and we've also seen uh, examples in the past of Barry being faster than lightning. Yes, like such so that that you know he can just like look at it with like a quizzical look on his face as it's like going really slowly down towards the ground. And after the the uh, uh, flash time episode, then. I mean, there's no excuse for him ever to get hit by anything ever again. Yeah, you would you would imagine, but but it's fine. Again, we're making leaps here, but it's okay because really, what it, it comes down to is uh, Nora having to come to terms with the fact that her father is mortal. Now, this is something obviously she knows he's dead in the future. Um, oh, he's disappeared. Well, okay, fine, he's disappeared in the future. <laughs> uh, but but regardless, like this idea that he could die or could die in front of her, or that she would have to relive you know, quote unquote, relive something that she never actually lived through in the first place, which is losing her father. Um, it, it kind of traumatizes her. And so she's concerned for her dad. And so she's kind of uh, processing this. And, you know, one of the things I have loved about this season, Belle, is that the, the, the drama and the characters have been done so well and the stories have been done so well. But this is the first time where the drama kind of felt forced to me. Yeah, it's 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 the it's that's another trope. This is a trope filled episode that's all oh the hero's gonna die and we're gonna you know bring him back and he's gotta I don't know. Yeah, it, it felt like uh overused. Yeah, and so, you know, I mean it's fine, but what what I find most interesting about all of this is the conversations that come out of it. Is the fact that when they sit down and they kind of talk about it uh, you know, there, there's kind of this question of like, oh, well, Barry, you know, we lose Barry in the future. Well, you don't know that that's the future that exists. And, you know, can she stop it or, or can things change to the extent that Barry is not going to disappear in the future? But there's a conversation that nobody's really having. And that actually is going to bring us to this week's Speedster Speculation. All right, Bell. So here's the thing. They are making they, they're playing fast and loose with the timeline at this point, right? Uh, are they? <laughs> they've kind of rewritten the rules so much that you know it, it, as long as this this isn't a fluid or a, a solid set moment in time so it's no big deal kind of thing and so i mean i i really don't know anymore i don't know if if, if anything is going to have any sort of repercussion whatsoever it just it's it's kind of they're going fast and loose with it like you said so it's i don't know it's it's yeah all right so here's the deal all right and, and so there's a reason why we kind of ran through the the episode discussion to jump straight into speedster speculation this is gonna be a longer speedster speculation than normal and part of the reason is because next week is episode 100 and while we're not going to get into any spoilers per se we are going to discuss it from the standpoint of two people who have seen the trailer the the commercial what you know that the ad basically promoting uh promoting rather 
uh, next week's episode. So if you've seen the ad, we're going to talk as it relates to that. And if you haven't, and you really want to be completely spoiler free, then we may just have to see you next week because this is all going to kind of play in together. All right. That being said, Bell, you, have you seen the, the preview for next week's episode? Yeah, my DVR cut off like the last couple seconds of it, but for the most part, I saw it all. For all all intents and purposes. So you saw the return of the speedsters. You saw the explanation that Barry is is intentionally going back in time. Yes. Uh, And so, you know, this is not, um, you know, this is not like alternate universes that we know of. This is not them coming to him. He is literally going to be taking a tour of his past for the purposes, ultimately, one assumes, of stopping Cicada. Belt with these speedsters. I mean, we the the big scene from that preview that's that that speaks to me, and you already know. It's yeah, yeah it's can I can I can I can I guess? Yeah, go for it. It's him sitting there with Eobard, right there in the future room, man. So so, <laughs> and Eobard has got this like just this you know you know what eating grin on his face, and he's just sitting there, and he's kind of processing all this new information. And you have to remember, Bell. You have to remember. That Eobard throughout season one was essentially in a very similar situation that Nora is in, in that he is existing in the present and making alterations, but doing so in such a way that he has to maintain his future so that he has a future to go back into, right? Yeah. And Eobard made some significant changes. He upped the timeline to when Barry would become the Flash by like, what, like, five six seven years something like that i think it was five years yeah so i mean like that's not you know that that's imparting all of these metahumans into the world well many metahumans into the world way earlier than they were in his timeline now don't get me wrong obviously he exists in a far distant future as opposed to nora who's in a uh, relatively soon future and at least in one lifetime but still so all that to say i would argue bell that when it comes to the rules of time travel, as has been established from the beginning, being season one, they actually haven't changed all that much, or at least there's no reason to say that we're not seeing similar a similar situation here. I mean, that's kind of what it feels like, right? And that's a good thing. I think that's a really good thing. Okay. Well, because it, you know, aside from the fact that it establishes continuity, it yeah. provides for a really interesting scenario next week. Because if Eobard finds out that Nora's in this kind of similar situation, now, potentially, if Nora is being influenced, as we have speculated, by Eobard in a, a, a Eobard in the future, okay? Whether that's past Eobard or, you know, all right, so, all right. Okay, this is going to get, this is going to tie your brain's knots a little bit, so stick with me on this <laughs> All right, we have been speculating that Nora is being influenced by an Eobard in the future. Now, here's the thing. That Eobard's future, that could be an Eobard that is the future of the Eobard from season one, or it could be part of the Eobard from season one's past. Okay? So, by Eobard manipulating the timeline to accelerate events, he now has to send Nora back in time or convince her to go back in time to rearrange time some more to make it so that his future is still intact. Well, all right. So, so here's, here's the question. Let, let me, I'll, I'll simplify it for you. Okay. Is Nora being influenced by e, uh, a past Eobard, like, like a pre season one Eobard, or is she being influenced in by a post season five Eobard? Hmm. You you following me on that question? 
Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm trying to think what makes more sense because season one Eobard is still from the future, but he's a he's an early version of the Reverse Flash versus I I'm I'm gonna guess it's gonna be a post season five Eobard. Okay, all right, all right. So that's that's what I think too. However, however, a post season five Eobard would imply that it is one that has already been created. Right. The problem that we have with Eobard right now is that he doesn't, he has yet, his creation point was eradicated. So it has to be reestablished. Okay. Yeah. So it's possible that we're dealing with, mm, all right. Well, I was going to make the argument that we, we could be dealing with uh, her being influenced by a earlier version of season one Eobard so that when she goes back and talks to him, he already has a pre-existing relationship with her. You see what I'm saying? That would make for a more interesting story, I think, if he knows her. Exactly. But it could also make for an interesting story if by... Think about this. Oh, Belle. <gasps> Belle. <laughs> Belle. All right. They go back in time. As you recall, last time Barry did this and he talked to, to H. Eobard, he was keeping his cards close to the chest, right? He did not want Eobard to know that he gets eradicated uh, by the end of the season, right? Yeah. Uh, because he would thwart that. What if Nora lets slip that he gets eradicated and so then Eobard learns about it to help create himself or put a backup plan into place or something? Who knows what? Who knows what? Who knows what? We don't know yet. We don't know yet. No, we don't know that yet. That could be. See, that could be interesting right there. Is that that you? You've been talking about this for forever since you know Eobard disappeared into the wastes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, about a way to get him back. But that, yeah, you're absolutely right. That could be a way to get him back. Maybe there's going to be some kind of thing where uh, uh, <laughs> he like preserves <laughs> some of Eddie's. Yes, or something like that. Yes, <laughs> there, there could be something like that. It could be like while he had him down below, he just. Well, anyway, so, oh, so yeah, because well, yeah, when he kidnapped him, maybe like he he, he, he like took some DNA or something like some that. Some DNA from him, yeah, 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 yeah. Bell. No. Okay. All right. All right. All right. And that means that we could get a return of Eddie. Which, by the way, when um in this episode when Iris was talking about you know that night, um you know I I I guess you don't want to tell your child that yeah my my previous love my fiance also died in front of me like you know I, I get why she didn't necessarily bring that up yeah um, but I thought it was interesting that she didn't you know what I mean like. If, if we were leading up to an Eddie return here in the near future, I feel like they would have mentioned it. They didn't mention it then, but we could see that as part of this plan, right? As part of potentially Eobard working on a plan B for if all this stuff happens. Ironically, in this case, plan B being a guarantee of lineage. <laughs> so, anyway, so I, I could see something like that happening. And I want to just make, make mention of this because uh, JT Lambert in the chat right now, he said, didn't the crossover bring him back uh, and skip all the recreation of the reverse flash? Um, the answer to that question is yes, that we saw obviously Eobard uh, return, the season one Eobard return, a future version of him, if you will, uh, wearing the face of a Harrison Wells. One imagines the Harrison Wells of that universe, but we don't know. Uh, however, he still needs a creation point. They haven't explained yet why. And, yeah. you know, he the explanation that he gave was like, you know, oh, you, you change the timeline and oh, what, is, what does this mean? And it gets all kind of wonky all of a sudden. And to some extent, like that's that could be true if this, if Barry going back in time, changing the timeline yet again is the thing that guarantees his recreation in the future. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, because 
Yeah, because because he's yeah he is back. JT, you're right. He is back, but we don't know how he got back, and that that's the question, and that's where this this you know hypothetical situation could propose a solution for it. Is that yeah, Nora spills the beans, and and HG Bard gets an idea in his head to preserve his lineage and make sure that he is actually created, and so. Bell! Oh my gosh! Okay, Bell. Sorry, I I keep freaking out here because like I'm just getting more and more thoughts on this. Bell, Bell. Yes. Bell. <laughs> all right. If that's the case, all right. Let let's say, and I get it. We're we're going way out here on the the crazy theory train and everything else. Let's say that's the case. Let's say because of what ends up happening next week, uh, Nora has uh, or or Barry or whomever, whatever it is, somebody lets slip. Uh, uh, Eobard creates a, a plan B that basically is the explanation as to why he re-exists in the future. That means, Bell, that in fact, the the Eobard that could be pulling Nora's strings in the past, in her past, which is our future, is actually Eobard's personal past. Because it's the future... Well, no, because he's way in the distant future. Okay, no, no, no. Yeah. Right, sorry, sorry, sorry. All right, got too, too far ahead of myself. Got to slow it on yeah. down. Got to bring it on back. And, and you know, we also have to you know keep in mind that uh, there's got to be a resolution, right? He has to die or disappear or whatever at the end of season one, mm. but still have a, a contingency plan in place that he can come back at some later point, right? Uh, because without him being defeated then and creating the wormhole and all that kind of stuff, then everything else is out of whack, right? Yes, yes. Well, so that's that's the thing. Like, he, it, it is literally a, a plan B. It could be a clone type situation. Um, you know, I, 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 I always kind of hoped that they would go in more of a, almost like a, a spiritual aspect of it. So that like, literally like his soul essentially is so connected to the negative speed force that he would exist in and of it in the same way that Barry is connected to the actual speed force. And so that there would be this kind of cosmic link between the two beyond just kind of, you know, the, the villainous foes and that sort of thing. I but, got it. Yeah. Go for it. He traps a time remnant of himself in a speed for a negative speed force prison that only opens up when he dies. Ooh, because then that remnant would no longer be a remnant. Exactly. Bell, that's good. That's really yeah. good. And depending on like, you know, cause the whole going crazy in a time remnant thing, I mean, <laughs> he's the reverse flash, you know, he's, he's already kind of crazy. So, and he did not. actually seem kind of, kind of off the rocker. Honestly, like he seemed like last time that we saw him, he did not act the same way he did in season one. Yeah. So him yeah. being a little crazy would make some sense. Ooh, I got chills, man. I think that I think that would be a really, really neat way to do it is that he traps because uh, because the speed force prison requires, you know, somebody to be put in to, to, you know, for somebody to come out. But like if the person you put in doesn't exist anymore, like I <laughs> maybe that satisfies that requirement. So if that's the case, we could theoretically see a nice little loop here where after this kind of stuff is put into place, when we see, and it may not be this episode, but when we see actually, you know, a time jump back to season one or perhaps in the future, basically the release of that time remnant of, of Harrison Wells, of, I'm sorry, of Eobard, of H.G. Eobard, um, we could actually see that one going to the future to influence Nora to come back to the past to ensure that he exists you see what i'm saying yes yes because the yeah because that that time uh a time prisoned 
and subsequently released H. Geobard would then need to ensure that Nora spills the beans so that the original H. Geobard would go in and set in motion the plan. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. We got it. It it ties it up in such a perfect knot. And if they really don't does. go this route, like we, we are free for consulting, CW. We're not free. We, we charge, but we are oh, available yeah. for consulting. We, we can solve all of your continuity issues. Like we're, we're, oh, yeah. we're here for this. We're, we're Just here. give us a whiteboard and some post-it notes and some markers. And some Mountain Dew. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go crazy on it. Uh, give we'll, us some eggnog. We'll get give us sorted some out. The, give us some of that Esther's eggnog. It'll be, it'll be great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We should uh for Grandma Esther's eggnog induced Christmas call and extravaganza. We really should have a a whiteboard going, you know, during that as well. Cuz uh you know what I love is that so many people uh have such great theories that they end up sharing as well. So I no, I, I wouldn't be able to. I was thinking like if we could go back and, and do it in the studio and we could both be there and we could have like, you know, a, a Charlie oh, Day moment. Do of, it. Like, do know, it. Come to studio. Theory thing. Yeah. I I I don't think I'd be able to manage it. Oh man. It's not. It's not close enough to Christmas break, and I can't take all that much time. Okay. All right. Fair enough. At one one day, you and I will record in in the actual studio. The last time that you and I recorded together was in that hotel room. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it was in Austin, so it's on me now to go visit you. That's right. That's right. Uh, all right. Well, good stuff. All right. So, uh, so that's that's where we're at. That's, that's our speedster speculation uh, for this week. But let us know what you think. See, I mean, like episode one hundred is right here around the corner. You know, there's obviously a lot more at play than just Eobard based on that preview. We got Zoom up in there. We've got, and it is, and it's not just uh, Zoom Zoom. We also got the Jay Garrick Zoom. Yeah, and that's I'm super excited about that. Yeah, like I, I thought we were just going to get uh, you know Tony Todd uh, voiced Zoom, but I, I didn't know he was going to unmask. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see what comes from that. We also got a return of uh, Savitar as well. In '90s uh, Flash. Yeah. Uh okay so I I did you see '90s Flash in this preview? Yeah. Okay. Oh no! Wait 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 wait. Because he's coming. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody that's trying to. Be... Yeah yeah because because you know the, there was a commercial for the upcoming thing. Yeah. And I can't remember if it was that or if it was the crossover. See, I think it was that. Ah, uh, darn. Now I wouldn't be surprised if this if episode 100 didn't end with teeing that up by an appearance of John Wesley ship in a flash costume, let's say. Um, but I don't think we're going to see uh, a character we've yet to actually see or, or interact with that on, on the episode 100, not in any major capacity, but I, well, I do think that if we don't see John Wesley ship in episode 100, that's a missed opportunity. Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. It won't kill it for me because of what's coming next, but still. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, what is coming next? Uh, we got the the crossover coming down the line. You excited for this? Oh yeah, that's gonna be good. It's gonna be a blast. Can't wait. Um, it's starting on Sunday, which is gonna be weird because I, you know, I'm so used to watching my CW shows on like Monday and Wednesday or Monday and Tuesday. Uh, will Will the last one be us or will the last one be Supergirl? No, if Supergirl's on Sunday. It starts Sunday, so it's it's Supergirl, Arrow, Flash. Okay, great. So we can maintain our record schedule. That works out really well. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Well, then we'll uh, we'll put out we'll put out the invitation then to our friends over at uh, Supergirl TV Talk, and um, uh, I, we might even pull in a legend here or there. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, for uh, we we need we need a relationship with an Arrow podcast. We need we need to have like an Arrow subject matter expert like on the show. 
Yeah, well, uh, Kyle is uh, is very he's up to date with arrows, so he knows everything. Okay, all right, all right, that fair enough, fair enough. I, I, I like the um, I like the 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 balance of actually having a, an arrow centric podcast, though. If uh, oh, for sure, yeah. If y'all have somebody y'all like to hear on that one, let let us know, and we'll we'll see if we can make that happen. Um, uh, but okay, yep, it's gonna be fun. Can't wait. It's gonna be a blast. And uh, yeah. Oh, I, I well, no, I'll I'll save that for next episode. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Chad Rogan, and you are listening to Flash TV Talk. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. All right. Man, we got some great listener feedback in this episode. First one in is from the Bat Daddy. What did the Bat Daddy 52 have to say? Yeah, they write, hey guys. So I don't have any ideas of how they're going to go about uh, throughout the season, but I have a theory about how the season will end. In the show, it says the Flash vanishes in the crisis and is still missing 25 years later. In the comics, Barry Allen as the Flash vanishes in the crisis of Infinite Earths in 1985 and returns 24 years later, 2009, in Flash Rebirth. I think, I think that they will go with a story of, uh, in Nora's original timeline, Barry never returns. After 25 years of being gone, she goes back to try and save her father. That being the plot of the season, and she succeeds. Now Barry returns in her timeline 24 years, 24 years later in the comics. Uh, the headline should now read, Flash, Rebor- or Flash Reborn After Missing 24 Years. Just my own speedster speculation. <laughs> uh, good one. Yeah, okay. So, so yeah. So, Nora goes back, saves her father, comes back, and newspapers change to the Flash being reborn like like it was in the comics. That would be kind of interesting. That would be good. Plus, that would secure her timeline, which means that she wouldn't have damaged things so bad in the past that it keeps her from existing, which is kind of what I'm concerned about. But Right. <laughs> That's kind of important. All right, man. Next up, we got from Craig. What did Craig have to say? Greg Wright, hey guys, I was thinking about this when I heard you talking about a possible Icicle Jr. Back in Season 2, when Zoom had Caitlyn and Earth 2 Killer Frost in cages, Killer Frost mentioned to Caitlyn something about having a brother, and it was never brought up again. I just wanted to remind you about that, because it could be some really early seeding for this storyline. Can't wait for the crossover. Really hope Tom Welling shows up with John Wesley's ship. Uh, oh, yeah, man. little throwaway line that kind of like you know could seed something. Well, who knows? That'd be amazing. I don't think it's gonna happen. Like if they if if they drop Tom Welling on us in that that would be that would be insane. But but it would take money that they probably don't have access to. Like it would be the entire budget to make yeah. Tom Welling come and put on a, a Superman suit. He's just not doing that. And I know he's been more open to it recently. But even then, uh, hmm. it would be amazing. And it would be that this, would be the best kept secret that you know. But you you wouldn't do that though. See, this is the thing. I was actually I was looking at the ratings for the series, and you know it's it's been on it's been on a relatively downward decline. It's not not terrible at all, but it's been as most series are. It's been on a downward decline since since launch, except for the first uh, ever big crossover invasion episode, which spiked tremendously. And these crossover events can have like some pretty significant you know juice behind them. But you gotta you gotta do something that's gonna you know blow people's socks off, and so if they had Tom Welling waiting in the rings, if they were gonna have a Smallville crossover with the Flash, they would be promoting that like crazy, like crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I as much as I wish that was the case, you know they they or at least like dropping hints that something big is happening, right? No, they would they would they would blow it out the water. They would blow it out the water. And, you know, we know that they're using the same location as the Kent Farm from from Smallville, and that's great. But 
and you know it's it's great to see that location but i see luther mansion like every five seconds on tv anyway so you know what i mean like locations are not that it doesn't get me the same way as an actual character from that show would and so you you get tom welling as clark kent and you you have i would i would argue you would have the the highest ratings the show has ever seen since since the premiere if not even higher than that and would it would it make more sense to bring tom welling onto supergirl though um maybe but i could also understand why they don't want to do that given the fact that you have you know another superman over there yeah that's true and with you know the whole elseworlds thing it would just make sense to exactly this, 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 this would be a perfect be opportunity for them to do it this would be it if they were going to do it this would be it now it you know maybe they might do something in the future who knows and the other thing with the elseworlds aspect of things when it comes to multiverse that's flash's department everybody else yeah. gets to play in that sandbox but that's our sandbox like that's that is the flash's department so if it's not going to happen on a huge crossover like this then it would be on a special episode of the flash which would be amazing and i really hope they do that but we'll see what ends up happening uh, all right, man. Finally, we got one in from C. What did listener C have to say? You know how last week I said Flash is hitting it out of the park? Well, this week was just meh. Good backstories to Cicada, but that's about it. We really didn't need the emotions from Nora this episode, and I feel that bringing back Weather Wizard just to be, quote, killed by his daughter was a waste. Uh, I hope they bring him back in a better way down the road. Uh, but I did get a strange gut feeling when Nora asked Barry to stop being the Flash. I think there's more to it than that. I got the feeling that it might even be uh, have been Thawne influenced. I guess next week's 100th episode will have to bring us back around to being a phenomenal season. Keep up the great work, guys. Yeah, mm, there, there's there's some more inklings about some Thawne influence there. Uh, I, I didn't think about that, honestly, when she said the line. I just thought it was her being scared and, and you know, wanting her dad to not die. But uh, that that, mm, that could be interesting. It If that was the case, it would feel very like... It, it would, wouldn't be very thawn would it because like he wouldn't want barry to not be the flash he wants to kill him it would be very end of season two like all of a sudden kind of out of nowhere here's the motivation you know like like there's no 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 establishment for this this here's the motivation out of nowhere and that that's not been this season this season has been very well thought out like it it has been flowing very well i think you're right bell i think it is more of just she got scared um so we had some drama this episode it was forced drama in a filler episode yeah, I mean that's what it was, and that's fine. You're gonna have Which filler episodes. Two from things that, time. that shouldn't happen in the same episode: the forced drama and filler episode. No, but they do. I mean, like, they, but they do. Yeah. So, and, and to be honest, I'd rather have them happen in the same episode as opposed to split out over two. Filler does not mean <laughs> bad. I mean, there are good filler episodes out there. Sure. It's just this was not one of them. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. We also got an iTunes review in this week from uh, Black Girl Couch. What did Black Girl Couch have to say? Uh, they write this flash podcast rocks great podcast insightful host really enjoy their recaps and opinions regarding the episodes one of my favorite new podcasts oh man well excellent we appreciate that uh that uh, praise there yeah thank you so much bgc that is awesome uh she said we were insightful <laughs> is it true uh, I, I try to be we try, try to, be. to be that is very true uh yeah. well we want to hear your insights as well um you know next episode is going to be a massive one the one right after that also going to be a massive one and then the week after that we got grandma esther's eggnog induced christmas call and extravaganza a lot to look forward to in the flash fan community and uh we are looking forward to looking forward 
to it with you. I think I said that correctly. Um, looking forward to looking forward to it. With I don't I don't know. <laughs> hey, time travel is a hell of a drug. Um, yep. it, you can keep up with us. Let us know your theories and thoughts on this episode and beyond. Head over to Twitter and uh, follow at Flash TV Talk, or you can reach us individually as well. I'm at the Real Bo York, and Bell is at Ring That Bell. But if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podestery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y dot com. And also be sure to tune in for the live show every single Wednesday night after The Flash. You can find us at facebook.com slash flash TV talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach uh, for providing some of our music. You can find the rest of his awesome stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. All right, man. We are, of course, are part of the great TV Talk network that you find great shows like the Supergirl TV Talks and Legends TV Talk and Tolkien TV Talk. Oh, man. Tolkien TV Talk. This next coming week, you want some serious nerd uh, nerding out when it comes to Lord of the Rings type stuff? I pitch my version of what a uh, a Tolkien-inspired television series should be. And it is... Uh, If you don't say that it should just be things from the Silmarillion just brought into episode form, then you're wrong. No, no, no. Well, so we, we what we did on this one, man, is we split it up. One of us uh, did an episode where they took a, a an episode of what would happen if it took place before the events of Lord of the Rings. One of them is what if it took place during the events of Lord of the Rings, and I was given the future. And so oh. I was the one who, told, who pitched that. So I got, a, I got a vast playground of no established continuity, but I'd do some deep cuts to make it work. Check it out. Nice. Tolkien TV talk this week. It's going to be good. All right. That's going to do it for us for this week. But until next time, we'll be back in a flash.
Are y'all ready for bell? Bell to bell to bell, 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 b